John, Christine and I have so enjoyed having you in our house. It's been such a privilege having you there. And I'm sure you've left a deposit in our life uh, when you go back this afternoon. But also Friday night, we had a wonderful time on Friday night with key leaders and John was ministering into us. And then yesterday we had a whole bunch of people here uh, and John was ministering uh, in the area of the prophetic and healing. And I'm not going to uh, take his thunder because he'll speak into whatever it is that God's laid on his heart today. But can I just say to this to you, church, bringing John down was not kind of just a one-off kind of thing. This is something that we've done in a random way. We have been preparing for today, haven't we, church? Go back to last week, the week before, the week before that, and the week before that. We have been preparing for this time. So all I'm asking of all of you here today, just be open. Let's welcome John. Bless you, man. Yeah. That's great. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate your kindness and uh, grace, um, and and especially uh, your faith, and in, in calling me because you didn't know you didn't know me from a bar of soap, and here you invite me, and it could be a disaster. So, yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, you've got me, um, and. Uh, I'm also feeling under considerable pressure about all of the preparation, you know. I've been working up to this for, and, and I can't do anything uh, unless the Holy Spirit turns up and does his thing. So if we could, can we just um, commit this whole time to the Holy Spirit and welcome him to do what he wants to do. So Holy Spirit, we love you, we thank you, we welcome you. And I ask you to do what you want to do in every heart today, not just this morning, but this week and this year, and, and feed us with your, with your spirit, with your power, with your love, so that we can be effective, effective soldiers in your ministry. And we thank you for the privilege of being here and being together in your presence. Amen. Uh, just before I get to what I want to share, I, ju I, I just do the ads, if that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you get used to ads, you're going to get them in a sermon too. Um, there's a bookstall outside, because uh, I've written a number of books, and um, I would encourage you to go and have a look at them. Um, I've written uh, two or three books on, on healing and on um, authority, uh, I would recommend you to have a look through those. Uh, my most recent nonfiction book is a, um, a book on the Holy Spirit called The Seven Seals of the Holy Spirit, um, which, which is uh, a message which has impacted a lot of people. And I, I wrote it down because several pastors said it has changed the way they do church. And so I've been very blessed to hear, get that feedback. Um, it's all the grace of God that enables us to do these things, so I praise God for it. Um, so have a look at the bookstall. Um, if, you, if you sign up to our mailing list, um, you get a free one of these. Um, who wants the first one? There's a hand. You get, get it free without having to sign up. But I would love you to sign up if you want to. Thank you. Um, and um, there's a whole lot of, uh, uh, we were talking about healing yesterday, and anybody that was here yesterday got a free one of those. You see, that was good. Worth, it was worth coming yesterday just to get the free one of those. Um, but who wants this one? Uh, well done. That was fairly quick. It's, is your name Ray? Uh, well, it's got Ray on the front. Hang on. Oh, so Praise God. I've got, I've got things in my Bible which you know, tell me that I've, I've got a plan, but I think the Holy Spirit might have another plan today, so I'm going to go with that flow. What I'm just checking now is when you want me to finish. There's a clock. Where's that? Clock. On the screen? Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, you've got to look up to heaven to see that. I um, have been obviously aware of all that's been going on, although I obviously haven't experienced what you've experienced, but I've been aware of what you guys have been through over the last number of years. And uh, one of the things that when we were praying this morning, one of the things I felt God say that he loves faithfulness because God is a faithful God. Uh, faithfulness pushes through, hangs on in there, keeps on going when the times get tough, uh, and you're still here. And I, I just wanted to encourage you as a whole church. God loves faithful. You've been faithful through through hard times, and I know that this um, the, Christ, the 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 earthquake has enabled you to build this uh, wonderful facility, which is awesome. But still, you've been faithful to come faithful to persevere, and God loves it and wants to honor you and, and bless you because of it. And as we were sharing, um, I, felt, I felt the Lord say that um, you are like a plant that has been through a winter season, um, and, uh, uh, but you're still alive, and you're still here, and spring is coming. So turn to your neighbor and say, spring is coming. And in fact, um, I also saw a picture um, of a huge crowd of people walking through um, the city. and all I know is that they were believers. There was a huge crowd of believers walking through the city. And I believe God is going to transform this city. And it's going to come through the unity between the churches. I, I see this is absolutely critical. Um, when the churches are willing to work together, um, this will be a huge crowd of witnesses. Uh, and, and the unbelievers will be amazed at what God is doing in this city. I think that's, that's God's plan and purpose. So just be encouraged. Be part of that. Whatever is, whatever is going on, be part of it. And even if it means sacrificially, be part of it because God will, God will honor that. That is, unity is a key to growth. I don't need to say any more. Um, I've got a title for this morning, um, which is here so that I know what to do when I get stuck and I don't know what to say next. So the title for this message is, Are You Healing the Sick? Mm. I, I've been working over uh, a number of years over, overseas, uh, teaching schools of healing. We've probably... Um, these little booklets that I've just given out, the School of Healing Manuals, we've printed about 100,000 of those in, in uh, about 12 or 13 different languages. And so this has been very much part of our ministry. And I, I'm totally convinced that most people nowadays come to Christ because of, not because of some English farmer standing up here, preaching, but because they see somebody healed. And, and it was my experience, uh, my first experience that totally changed my life. I was in a, in a big meeting, actually in Africa, um, and I, I was cra- surrounded in the big crowd, and, and I heard these words in front of me. I heard the, uh, somebody say, now put your hand in the air. And I was watching over here to see what, what was going on down there. There was a lot happening. And I watched, I turned to see in front of me, um, there was, um, well, let, let's, let's, can you, can you be the, can you be the, uh, yeah, would you like to stand there and facing me? And would you like to come and, uh, and, and come here and, and face him? I know it's hard, but you've got to do that. Um, and and he 
there was a line of people that wanted ministry, and this guy, um, you have to remember, this, he was an African pastor, so we, I'm not, we don't need to paint you up, but this is what's going to happen. And you, you say to her, now put your hand in the air. And he says, no, not that one, no, not that one. the other one. Yes, the other arm was all twisted and withered. It was half an arm. And I watched it grow like that until it was complete. Thank you, you can say. I was a, a scientist. I was a new believer, and I didn't believe in miracles. And I just witnessed a creative miracle, and... I didn't know what to do with it. I, I was completely confused. And then I realized that there was, like I said, a whole parallel universe going on that I was unaware of, and it was called the Spirit. And, and, so ever, and, and at that time, I actually said to the Lord, if this is the real deal, I want to be part of it, and this is what I want to dedicate my life to. And isn't God faithful? Because that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years, is teaching people uh, how to do this. And, and the irony of it is, the joke of it really, is that we can't do it. <laughs> we can't do it. I can't heal a headache. I, I've got, I, can't, I can't do anything. It's, it's him. But one of, the, one of the, my favorite phrases of Reinhard Bonnke, I, used to, I worked for him for a number of years, and one of my favorite phrases was, uh, you don't, sorry, I have to do the sort of German accent. You don't need ability, you only need availability. God's not looking for the able. He's looking for the willing. Because he, if you are willing, he will make you able. That's his promise. If we step up and say, yeah, I'll do it. I, you don't want to listen to my first sermon. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Uh, but God gives us the ability. If we get up here, he'll do it. If you step out, he will do it. You can't heal anybody, but God wants you to heal the sick. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to heal the sick. In fact, um, if those, if the sort of more uh, long-term Christians are waiting for some great revelation this morning, I'm sorry, all I'm going to do is just remind you of what you already know. Um, because I feel this is, it's burning in my spirit. This is so important that we get this. It's not, God doesn't even want you to heal the sick, he's actually commanded you to heal the sick. It's a command. Luke chapter 10 starts like this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Your Bible might have 70 uh, Mine is an NIV. I don't know whether NIV found two more, but anyway, there are 72 in my Bible. And he sent them out. But the point is this. These were not the 12 apostles. These were not the big men of God. These were not the big pastors. These were the also-rans. These were the ones who just were hanging around Jesus. These were the ones who came to church on a Sunday morning. That includes you and me. And this is what he says to them. And he sends them out. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he says down here in verse 9, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Heal the sick who are there. This is a clear command. So tell your neighbor, you are commanded to heal the sick. You are commanded not, it's not a good idea. 
It's not just what we do in church. It's our lifestyle. You are commanded to heal the sick. And if you're thinking, well, I can't heal the sick until I've been healed myself. Uh, you, people are not healed because you're healed. People are healed because Jesus has paid for their healing. By his blood, we have been healed, it says. So, uh, yeah, this is, I know it's a problem if you've got um, some physical issues. You think, oh, I couldn't possibly heal the sick because I've got issues. Uh, we've all got issues. And, yeah, especially, especially the one, the row in the front. Is that what you're saying? We've, there's, a, there's a guy um, called Mike Endicott. Um, he has a healing ministry um, in Wales, in the UK. And they bring to him all the ones that everybody else has prayed for and nothing's happened. And they bring him along to the, uh, yeah, they bring, him along, they bring these along. And he gets 80% of them healed. And he's blind. Isn't that amazing? So, um, sorry, your, that excuse goes out the window. God will heal. Because it's, it's not you doing it, it's him. All, all he's looking for is availability. Are we willing to out, get out there and do it? If it's a command, you see... If Jesus has commanded us to do something and we don't do it, what is that? Disobedience. And disobedience is, oops, tell your neighbor, disobedience is sin. Are you obedient? Do you want to be obedient? Wave to me if you want to be obedient. Yay, okay, well then this comes with the territory. If you want to be obedient, you're going to be healing the sick. And here's the irony of it. He didn't say go out there and pray for the sick. He said go out there and heal them. Wow. That is therefore an expectation that when we go out there, they will be healed. And, here, and again, this is the irony of this whole healing ministry. We can't do it. And he knows that. And you, you think, John, why is God asking me to do something which is impossible? Anything that is worth doing for the kingdom of God is impossible. We can't do it. We can't, even, we can't even enter the kingdom of God by our own efforts. It's impossible. The gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the gospel. It's the greatest no-brainer on earth. Think about it. Jesus promises eternal life to be with him if we surrender to him and he promises eternal destruction if we don't duh it's not rocket science we're only asked to do one thing and that's to surrender to Jesus And call on his name because we need his we need his help. We need his forgiveness. He died on a cross to pay for your sins and my sins. That's the gospel. And he rose again to give you eternal life. And if you believe that, you go through what's called the narrow door. The narrow door, which is the shape of a cross. And it's the only way to the kingdom of God. If you want to get into the kingdom of God, it's the only way. That's the gospel of Jesus. I mean, it is so simple. And it only requires one thing. 
surrender. Why surrender? Because there's, there's no pride in heaven. There's no arrogance. There's no room for self-made men. There's only room for people that realize, oh my goodness, I need Jesus. And we, and we kneel before him, say, Lord, I'm sorry. And the rest is not just history. The rest is your future, an eternal future with him. That's the gospel. And the gospel is impossible. Isn't it crazy? Don't you love this stuff? I love Jesus. There may be some here who have not surrendered to Jesus. And when I mean surrender, I, I, there was something I saw, um, I think it was online, which, which I liked. And he said, God can heal broken hearts, but he wants all the pieces. It's the same with our lives. God can heal broken lives, but he wants all the bits. He wants all of you. He doesn't want just your left arm or, sorry, your left arm. He wants all of you. Tell your neighbor he wants all of you. He wants all of you. All of you. Are you willing to surrender? If you came here and you weren't quite sure what this was all about, or, or if you were dragged here this morning because it's Father's Day, um, and uh, happy Father's Day, but, but there's a much more important reason that you're here, and that's to surrender to Jesus. So if you'd like to come and talk to me afterwards, I don't want to embarrass everybody and call to the front, but if you want to come and talk to me afterwards and you need to surrender to Jesus, come and see me or come and see Paul or, or, or anyone else in the front row. Uh, yeah. Praise God. What was I talking about? Oh, good. I've got one of these. That's fun. Stop it, John. Get down, get distracted. We are called to heal the sick. And here's the good news. The bad news is God tells you to do something you can't do. The good news is um, you're not alone. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says this. Uh, the, an the angel is speaking to Mary, um, the angel Gabriel, is speaking to Mary, and this is what he says in reference to her, her um, uh, relation, who, um, Elizabeth, who's just got pregnant, and, and he says to her, for nothing is impossible with God. And I, and I just want to unwrap this because this has helped me so much. Nothing is impossible with God, and there are two, two things that I, I kind of draw out of this. First of all, when we are with God, nothing is, is impossible. And we, as we have committed ourselves to Christ, as we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, as we have been given the authority of Jesus, which He gives to every single believer, tell your neighbor you have His authority Then we are with God. You are not alone. When we go to minister to the uh, sick, when we go to not to pray for the sick, um, because we're not told to do that, we're told to heal the sick. Um, well, we are told in a sort of way to heal the sick, but that's not what Jesus was saying here. My point is this. We were told to do the impossible. We were told to do heal the sick. You can't do it. Jesus tells you to do it. And and, but this is the good news, you're not alone. You are with Jesus. 
because you have surrendered to Him, your life is in Him. In him you are, Jesus is inside of you by His Spirit. Therefore, when you are go to minister healing to someone, all you've got to do, this is very simple, all you've got to do is to let God out. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to have big, long prayers. We don't have to, there's nothing. We just let God out. Let the Spirit out. Let Him do His thing. So very often, this is all that healing. You know, the, the main way that Jesus healed the sick was laying hands on people. He just laid hands on them. He didn't, he didn't pray. He, he, didn't, he didn't talk to the Father. He just laid hands. Or he, he did half a dozen other things we discovered yesterday about them. But basically, just laid hands on and let God out. Let the Spirit out. That's all you've got to do. Are you full of the Spirit? Wave to me if you're full of the Spirit. Let Him out. Let Him flow. It's, it's just, mm, let, him, let Him out. That's it. That's, so we are, and then you'll be amazed at what God does because of the second path, path, part of this verse. This verse says, for nothing is impossible with God. All right? Now I want to turn, I want to just change the emphasis on this to draw an important truth out. For nothing is impossible with God. Do you get it? For nothing is impossible with God. For nothing, when, God, when you are with God, it is impossible for nothing to happen. Because nothing is impossible. It's impossible. Something must happen. If you are with God, doing what He's commanded you to do, something must happen. Do you get that? This is just this is just the scripture. This is not John Ferguson making this up. I'm only telling. <laughs> I'm only preaching scripture. Something must happen, and I want you to say. Say it three or four times to yourself and then tell your neighbor because I wanted to get into your spirit. Something must happen. Something must happen. Something must happen. Something must happen. When we are doing what God has commanded us to do, it is impossible for nothing to happen. And you might not see it, you might not be aware of it, but it happens. I often think of the story of the ten lepers who came to Jesus. And, and, they, and they called to Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please have mercy on us. Well, they shouted because they were Samaritans and at some distance because they didn't want to mix with the Jews. And they shouted to Jesus and said, have mercy on us. And he must have shouted back to them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And I don't know what their names would have been, but I think there was sort of, there was a, there was a Fred Samaritan and there was a Joe Samaritan. And Fred said to Joe, I told you, Joe, a complete waste of time. We've still got leprosy. Nothing has happened Nothing has changed. And Joe said, well, why don't we just do what he told us to do? What difference will that make? How can we show ourselves to the priest when we've still got leprosy? And Joe says, well, why don't we at least try? Oh, come. And off they went. And by the time they got to the priests, guess what? They were all cured. But the point that I'm making is this. I don't know how long it took them to go and find the priests. But for most of that walk, they still had leprosy. They had had the command from Jesus to, go to, to do something. And as far as they were concerned, nothing had changed. Nothing had happened. 
All they were, all they were needed to do was to do what Jesus had said. And, and you might be saying, well, I've tried the praying for the sick thing, and it doesn't work. John Wimber tried the praying for the sick thing for six months. Every, God called him to start a healing meeting on their Sunday evenings. So he started up his healing meetings, and he ran this healing meeting, and he called everybody to come in, and nobody got healed. And they called him, they, they did it again the next week, and nobody got healed. They did it again the next week, nobody got healed. How many weeks are you going to do this? Well, he said, God told us to do it, so we're going to do it. So six months, can you imagine how you would feel after doing six months of healing meetings and nobody got healed? How would you feel? I, would, I confess I would have given up after a month. And then, and then uh, one day there was a, a lady was sick in her house. And uh, how much faith did John Wimber have when he went to that house? I mean, zero. And he walked in there, and this lady was sick and in, on her bed. And he laid hands on her in the name of Jesus, and she jumped up, totally healed. He ran back to his wife, and he shouted, We got one! We got one! We got one! That's how he started his healing ministry. I... If I do nothing else this morning, this is what I want to do. I want, to, I want you, personally, to start a healing ministry. John, that's crazy. Yes, that's crazy. But it's the command of God. God has commanded you to heal the sick. Oops. A favorite story of mine out of the book of Acts, if I can find it. I remember where things are on the page, but I don't remember chapters and verses, so it's very, it's very awkward. I don't know why. There was a righteous guy who lived in a city of Damascus, and his name was Ananias. He was a good guy. Um, if we read from Acts 22, it says, um, he was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. Now, what you should know is um, that Damascus had only just had received the gospel. So here is this guy, Ananias, who was a practicing, uh, righteous, law-keeping Jew. And within a few weeks uh, ago, somebody had brought the gospel to Damascus, and he'd surrendered his life to Jesus. So although he was a godly and righteous man, he was a brand new believer. And then God speaks to him and said, Ananias, and I'm, this was a new experience, brand new experience for him, that God, the God of the universe, should actually speak to him. And listen to what God says to him. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man uh, for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight what's ananias feeling you must be joking Actually, he was politer than that. He said, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. 
But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I love this verse. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Do you think he was confident? Do you think he was terrified? But he was obedient. And then he says, Brother Saul, don't you love that, Grace? This persecutor of Christians, and he says, Brother Saul. And he prayed for him to be filled with the Spirit, and his eyes were healed. I, I just admire this guy, a new believer, didn't know, the, didn't know anything about healing. He, he, knew, he knew nothing. All he knew was God had told him to do something, and he went and did it, and it worked. And that's, that's really my message for this morning. I, I really believe there are, well, why not everybody? Why not everybody here should actually make a decision, not just to heal the sick, but to start the healing ministry? And you might say, well, John, what if nothing happens? It's impossible for nothing to happen. Something must happen. If you, the point is this. God has commanded us to do this. And if God has commanded us to do it, all we have to do is obey. Just go and do it. What do I do? Well, here's a couple of ideas that, that people have been saying. When you see somebody who's sick, just go to them and say, I see you. you you're, you're, you're limping. What, what happened? Start a conversation. It's very easy. Oh, well, people will tell you their whole uh, hospital story. Believe me. Uh, you'll get all of that. And, you and then you just say, well, look, I'm a Christian and I believe in healing. Would you like me to pray? I mean, it really is simple. And then what do you have? To, you don't have to say anything. Jesus didn't. He put his hands on. That's all you've got to do. Put your hand on them and leak. I won't tell you to tell your neighbor to leak. Uh, but that's all you want to do is just let, that, let God out. And he will do his thing. Or you might say... Um, you might know of a Christian friend. You might know of a friend, unchristian friend who's, who's sick. You can find them up. Say, would you like me to pray for you? People very rarely refuse prayer. Now, we know that actually what we're offering is healing, is ministry, but they don't get that, so you just offer to pray. Is that cool? Or uh, this is what some people have been doing recently. Um, when, when they see someone sick, they say, uh, can I try something? Um, there was a, 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 I did this with a, a friend of mine. Um, we went to visit them in, in the UK recently, and this guy had a bad, a bad knee. And he was very, he was a very macho guy, you know. He was a man's man. And, and, and I said, well, I believe in healing. And, you know, would you like me to, would you like me to heal you? And, 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 well, I shouldn't have said that because I can't heal him. God can. We believe in healing. Um, and I, anyway, I put my hand on his knee. I think he was so embarrassed that uh, it didn't actually, we didn't see any results. But something's got to happen. And you have a great story from yesterday. Um, have we got time? Yeah, you've got two minutes. Can you just share what happened yesterday? I was um, out in the foyer having morning tea and this woman came past me and I thought, oh, she's so elegant, I must tell her. And so I went up to her and said, you're, you're so elegant. And she turned around and we started chatting and she said, oh, I thought it was morning tea for, um, for us ladies and the Catholic, they were in the... Um, cafe 
<laughs> and so, um, and then she said, oh, you've got John, John there. And she said a, a friend of, of mine, he had, had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and John, you'd prayed for him. And then he went um, to the oncologist and there was no cancer. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, this was such a God thing that it was totally random because um, we, we didn't know anything about them other than that the Catholic ladies had, had booked the, the cafe. Um, and you just happened to meet them over a cup of tea. And, and, uh, and then we got this random feedback about this guy that apparently I'd prayed for you some years ago and had terminal cancer. I didn't know anything about this. This was a complete... Uh, revelation to me, but praise God. This is how it works. You see, we've got to be willing to go out there and do this stuff because God told us to do it. So we've got to be willing to go out there and do it. And you won't often see, mostly you won't see the results. Mostly, you're just doing it out of faith. But every now and then, you get the, the joy and the privilege of one, a bit of feedback. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. She said, we Catholics, we believe in healing. Wow, praise God. Good for them. Well, he just got healed. Amen. That's wonderful. So um, I've got a couple of things that I, I just want to share, and then we'll give an opportunity for ministry. Um, some people often ask me, you know, why do we see more people healed overseas than we do here in New Zealand? And uh, it is actually true. I believe that the answer is because uh, mostly we go to um, poor, developing countries. And the Bible tells us that the, the poor, the, the physically poor people, are rich in faith. And because they're rich in faith, then it's easier for them to receive healing by faith. So when we minister... They are op they're up for it and open for it. And, and whereas we, in, in our Western culture, we want all the answers before we believe it. We want to understand how it works. We want, and, and we don't need to know any of that. We just have to obey and leave God to work out what happens. So, because um, the bottom line is we can't do God's job. But God actually refuses to do our job. And the reason why so many People are still sick today. This is the and this is the bad news: is that the church isn't doing what the church ought to be doing. If the church, if everyone in, uh, if every Christian was healing the sick in the way that we were commanded to heal the sick, there would be fewer sick people in the world. So that's the embarrassing thing. Um, but I'll just tell you one story because I've, I think God wanted me to share this this morning about one guy in, um, in. Uh, uh, Auckland uh, a year or two ago, and actually he was he was a drummer, um, and and um, he had scoliosis of the spine, and he came up for ministry with his his girlfriend was there, and I laid hands on I started chatting with him and he was about the same height as me, I laid my hands on him, and I watched him grow. It's a very odd thing to watch someone grow. He grew about two inches. And when he started off, he was the same height as me, and definitely after I'd laid hands on him, his ha he was definitely two inches taller than me. And I felt a bit of a clot saying, excuse me, but did you just grow? <laughs> and he said, he was very matter-of-fact. He was quite funny. He said, oh, yeah, he said, the doctors told me if my back was healed, I'd be two inches taller. And then he put his hand on his back and he started shouting, fire out, fire out. And he got all his friends to come and feel his back. I know it was a bit weird, but anyway. He, and then he pointed to a chair in the church and he said, that is the most uncomfortable chair in the, whole, in the whole church. And he went down and he sat in this chair and he just sat there going, fire out, fire out. And he was completely healed. His girlfriend was in tears. It was just a wonderful moment. And, uh, and I've, I just felt to tell this story because is anybody here who's got scoliosis of the spine, twisted spine? Because if you have, I'll have a go. 
Sorry? It's straightened up a bit. Do you want to be finished off? Would you like to come? And my friend at the back is... Yeah, come. You're brave. What's your name? Tina. Tina. Oh, yeah. And it... Where, and, and where is it? Where is it still twisted? Curving. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I mean, in the in the in the middle there. Okay. Well, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, how much taller do you want to be? You just. It's it's all and it's all to do with the back, is it? All you let you, so, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Do you want to come and lay hands with us as well? You know, I, I always like a bit of help. And you might say, "Yeah, but I'm also crook." That doesn't make any difference. People are not healed by your healing. People are healed by the blood of Jesus. And all we have to do is put faith in the Word of God. And Jesus said, by, don't you love this, by his wounds, you have been healed. Past tense, because it was paid for on the cross. By his wounds, you have been healed. Nothing is impossible with God. And all we're doing is what Jesus promised. Healing is promised, by the way. It's promised in Scripture. Because it says these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on sick people and they will get well. That's a clear promise from Scripture. So, what does it say we have to do? Just what I'm doing, laying hands on the sick. Does it say you'll see immediate results? No. But it does say to do it, and it does promise healing. I actually believe instant results are miracles, and a process is healing. So very often, like the story we've just heard about the man I never knew nothing about, um, had been healed of terminal cancer. Uh, this is all I would have done. I'd just lay hands on him and go, oh, well, you know, I did what God told me to do. And then you hear the story a few years later. Isn't God amazing? How are you feeling? Still the same height? Praise God, that's excellent. That's the heat's coming out of your hand, not mine, mate. That's <laughs> Praise God. Well, I, I just feel that God called uh, me. God asked me to call people with scoliosis to come up. So there you go. Now, are we going to reverse this process? Is that okay? So, yeah. She doesn't need the faith. It's you and me that needs it. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we. Yeah, Jesus got all the faith we need. Yeah. But he's also given us a measure of faith. All we have to do is use it, which is what we're doing. Okay, let me, can you just step forward for a second? Uh, Tina, just where, where is, it, is it sort of in the middle? In there, in there. All right, excellent. And I'm going to keep my hand there while we, so we, we have a bit of a clinic here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can't. I never got your name. Well, I did, but I forgot it. Murdo. Murdo. That's why I forgot it. Sorry, Murdo. I'm being. I'm being cheeky. I can feel something happening now, Tina. Yes, definitely. You, you, all your muscles in there are twinging. Can you feel that? Oh. She can't feel it, but I can. You feel, I'm feeling your muscles twinging. Praise God. Yeah, definitely. Stuff happening in there. Isn't this cool? 
You might say, well, how often, how long do we go on doing this? Uh, well, and either until they get healed or until the Holy Spirit tells you to stop. So um, we could be here for a while. And <laughs> well, I, all, I, all I do is ask for a cup of tea in a minute and I'll be good to go. Uh, no, uh, I really feel something's happening here. Is you feeling anything, Modo? Tingling. That's a good sign. These are signs. Um, we don't depend on the signs, but it's nice when we have them. If you're driving to a place and you don't know how to get there, you see a sign to where you wanted to go. It's encouraging. You know you're on the right road. Um, you were getting there anyway without the sign, but the si signs are really just there to encourage us most of the time. So, thank you, Jesus. Okay, now look, I know there's a whole lot of other people in here who need healing, and I'm going to ask um, to, if you would like to, um, if you need healing, come forward, because we're kind of busy here. Um, if you'd like, you need to be healed, uh, why don't you come forward, and I'm just going to ask the front row, and anybody else that was in the mi ministry into the healing yesterday, you want to come and practice, come and do that, uh, that's great. Um, so just we'll finish with the time of ministry. And this, this service will probably fizzle out um, rather than have a formal, official ending. I don't know, maybe, maybe Paul wants to do an official ending, or do you want this to fizzle out? Fizzle out? You've yeah. got to be kidding. No way. <laughs> no, I mean, do you want to have a formal ending? Folks, we're going to carry on and do this. If you want to go out to the cafe, you're most welcome to do that. If you want to stay in, please stay in. But if you want prayer for healing, we're going to continue to do this until we've, we're done. Um, someone bring John a cup of tea. That would be really helpful, I'm sure. Um, but please, we're going to, the girls are going to, uh, the music team are going to bring a song quietly in the background. You can stay, join in, or you can quietly just leave, but just do it in a sensitive way. So if you'd like to be prayed for, please come down the front. Oh, by the way, it doesn't matter who's praying for who. It's the Holy Spirit that does the healing.